Good evening, and welcome to A Journey Through Into Awareness. For those of you that tune in each week, we say hi. And to those of you that are new to us, we say thanks. We say thanks to you two that come in every week, of course. But we're just always so grateful to those that are interested enough to tune in, because that lets us know that we are focusing in on topics that make a difference in your life and bringing on guests that touch you somewhere inside in the places that only you and God know that you need. So we're grateful for that. I'm Dr. George Andow and your host, Judy Miller and myself are here tonight with you. And we have an incredible, wonderful person with us tonight who I'm just so fortunate because he's also my neighbor and he wrote an incredible book that I'm going to introduce in a moment. But before I do, I just want to mention that Brian is um, beyond talented and gifted. We all have gifts. Um, I'm going to mention a few of his. Um, he's an author an actor an activist. Um, he lives in New York. Um, he has a very broad and gender-related career. He was featured guest on the Moth Storytelling Hour on NPR, relating a story from his recently published memoir, Transfigured, My Journey from Boy to Girl to Woman to Man, published in 2018. He has appeared on New York stages for more than three decades in various the theatrical incarnations. His last appearance as Alice, his first of the Lady Earth in the critically acclaimed production of Conquest of the Universe. In 2019, Brian was a recipient of the Acker Award for writing that is given annually to the East Village he also created and was honored in A Boys Don't Wear Lipstick, 2000 GLAAD GLAD nominee, and won. He's just so, besides all of this, I could go on and on. There's a couple of pages here. Before I go on and on, I just have to say, besides all of that, he's an incredible person. And it's our honor tonight to have with us Brian Belovich. Belovich. Did I say that right? Belovich. Belovich. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, yeah. Judy. Hi, Brian. It's an honor to have you here. Yeah, lovely introduction. So I, I have really been enjoying your book and... Um, I'm just so moved by it. Not only is it an incredibly great read, but it is so informative about a lifestyle that I think people really don't understand. Um, and I'm so happy that you said yes to be on the show to uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. There was something that you said in your first chapter, and as an analyst, psychoanalyst, it really grabbed me because I know that well, so much grabbed me, but I know that most of our development in our psyche comes from our time in the womb. And not only do we take on our own experience of the womb, but we take on the experience of the mother whose womb it is. And you said in the first chapter that from the time mom was carrying you, she always wanted a girl. And that, when I, I said out loud, when I read that part, I said, and there it says it all. And there it says it all. Your relationship with her was so tumultuous and just so uh, difficult, um, Brian. A lot of trauma. I was so sorry to, to read about that. And it was really not so much about um, your... Um, coming into your own uh, sexuality, um, but it, it is a, it's applicable to anyone listening. Um, 
non-gender specific because um, it was just really about a lack of acceptance um, to who we are as children, who you were, who Judy was, who I was. We all have had that experience somewhere along the line in our upbringing. Um, you want to talk a little bit about how you dealt with that, Brian? Well, you, you make a very good point. I, um, I, 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 I almost feel like I have some kind of memory of, of, of experiencing that in the womb, um, like this, this, this sense that, you know, and, and even in birth, you know, there's always, there was this, always this sort of overbearing sort of feeling like, you know, somehow I wasn't the right choice or I wasn't, it, I didn't come out the way I was supposed to. And it felt like a disappointment. So that early childhood feeling of like you're like you you're a mistake or you like disappointed or let my mom down or you know I never I never I, I can't tell you how many times I heard the story of you know and this time it was going to be a girl you know and I don't think that we really well maybe we do a little bit more now talk more about that as as a future parent or expecting moms, you know, um, that pressure of, you know, knowing, you know, uh, or deciding before the, 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 the baby is born, what gender you want it to be. I, I, I think that's an, an interesting topic for another show, but yeah, I mean, how I dealt with it, I, I didn't really deal with it. I guess, you know, early on, I, I developed coping mechanisms that were unhealthy um, and, uh, you know, as soon as I was old enough to, you know, act out on them, I did. So, you know, I think, I think that's the way that I sort of got through, you know, I, 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 I tend to be an optimistic person. And I wrote, I wrote a little bit about like how I think in that same chapter about how I thought it was great that I felt so different and that I was creative and I was precocious and I was funny and I was, you know, I felt like, you know, like I, I was very different from my siblings. And it was only until later in life that that was turned against me by outside influences that made me internalize a lot of shame about my difference yeah. rather than, like you said, embracing our children, embracing a child for everything that they are. Yes. So, no. Brian, yes. Brian, for the listeners who aren't familiar with your story, can you just give us a brief overview of how you went from boy to girl to woman to man? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yes. Um. um well, my 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 book is a you know it's a memoir, and I wrote it about my experience, you know, growing up in a uh, you know pretty you know barely working class family um, in Fall River, Massachusetts. And then later on, Providence, Rhode Island. I'm one of seven children. I have five brothers and one sister. And uh, you know, if you were put it to put us all together, we we you know you you would see the obvious differences right away because all my brothers were like six foot four, six foot five, athletic, muscular, big, strong, strapping men. And you know, I kind of took on more of the character. My mom was a very strong, stout, sort of, you know, broad-shouldered, very, very um, uh, strong woman um, to raise seven kids as a single mom in the 60s and 70s. I mean, she was pretty tough. Um, but, you know, compared to my brothers, I always sort of fell short, bit short physically. And so um, very early on, I started to get this idea that you know, um, the gender I was born or, or assigned, at, at, you know, the correct term is the gender I was assigned at birth, which was male, was uh, not correct. And so I very early on, I learned how to, you know, sort of internalize those messages from outside of myself. And when I was old enough to act out on it, I began to transition from uh, my male, uh, uh, assigned male identity at birth 
to female. And I did it at a very young age, at the age of like 16, I started dressing up and running away from home. And eventually I, you know, took hormones and got breasts and changed my identity and lived as a, as, as a, a trans woman for almost 15 years. And this was in the 70s and 80s when, you know, it was, it was I mean, it's difficult now. I'd, um, I would say it's probably a lot easier uh, now than it was back then. I'm sure, it was impossible back then. Yeah, it was impossible. And so after many um, attempts at trying to find some sense of acceptance around my gender identity and there's a whole other string of events that you know it's not it's never one thing i've said this a million times yeah, in interviews people are like well what happened that yeah. made you want to decide to right. retransition back to male so I, I that's what i did yeah uh, in the i day. i'm sorry brian go ahead i i i wanted to i'm glad judy asked that because i wanted to start the show with you know that our show is always about where everyone can get something out of it. So for those listening, whether you are homosexual, gay, lesbian, know someone who is, if you're not, you know, the wounding that is in Brian's book has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with dysfunction. And we all have some dysfunction in our families. So I wanted to just start with that because I didn't want to come across at all that the, any dysfunction that we look at was uh, was the reason or the cause for Brian's choice of his gender. That couldn't be further from the, tr the truth. But what I did find in reading your book, um, and I can't wait to continue it, uh, which it's on Audible also, which I didn't know, which I would have loved to have known, um, that I'm, I just, I'm wondering, if you hadn't met the group of women that you did that were uh, cross dressers and um, that were, they really were the ones that took you in and loved you and made you feel accepted. I wonder, I was just wondering when I was reading, if you would have wanted to go towards the dressing. Because up until that point, I didn't get that you were like trying on women's clothes or doing anything like that. I was brought up with a boy who would do that with me. And we used to play dolls and he would dress up and we never thought anything of it, you know, it was just who he was. So I was just wondering if you think that made it, uh, had an impact on your choice to uh, be one to desire to dress. I, I think it had more to do with acceptance, like finding a tribe and sort of that's what I mean. Feeling free and able to um, yeah. able to express myself in whatever gender presentation yeah. I was uh, yes. experimenting with. And I think that, you know, uh, there's so much that happens in our early development um, uh, that is sort of like foreshadowing of what's to come in, late, in your adult you know, your, your teenage years. Without and, question, it's, it's always so there. And and I know, and I had mentioned that earlier, because we're going to take a break now, that uh, you are moving on to your master's degree in um, psychotherapy and drug and alcohol addiction. And you, you, you're going to be so perfectly fit for that. It's just, you're going to be so terrific at it. So we'll be right back with Brian Belovich. Um, we're looking forward to having you come back and join us tonight. This is a journey through into awareness. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? 
Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Journey Through Into Awareness. We're here tonight with Brian Belovich. So, um, yeah, so Brian, we were talking about that it was the group of women when you found a tribe that accepted you just for who Brian was. And that they were very beautiful and into dressing and flamboyant and all of that. And um, that's sort of uh, when you began finding that interesting. Do I have that right? Would you say that's right? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, I mean, that was sort of the first time that I felt like I belonged somewhere. You know, uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, uh, growing up in a family of, you know, sort of mostly heterosexual boys and, um, you know, very macho, very, you know, um, alpha male uh, personalities and, you know, as time went on, you know, I always sort of felt like I never really fit in. And, you know, so going from feeling like I didn't fit in anywhere to finding this amazing group of, you know, it was a very mixed group of of women that were transgender, that were, you know, dressing in drag just for drag's sake, you know, they weren't, you know, doing any like hormones or, you know, it was mostly performance uh, for the drag queens and they were, you know, lesbian women and, you know, other gay men. So it was, you know, it was very, you know, it, it felt very safe to, 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 to be able to, you know, explore my, um, you know, identity. I was also very young and I was very pretty. And so it was an easy transition from, you know, male to female, which, um, you know, I think starting at such a young age um, was an advantage um, that, you know, some people might not get get to have. Um, some people come to their gender identity later in life. And I guess for me, it was, I guess, I guess, I don't know, I guess I was lucky in a way that that wasn't mm-hmm. a problem for me. So I don't disagree with you. You're very so, brave. You were very brave back then to step out from the family is very hard, even if there's abuse. It's very hard for people to walk away from their family. And that's why people have a hard time leaving bad marriages. But you were very brave to do that and to miss them and to feel the heartbreak when you thought you were going to go back to your father and then he shipped you back to your mother and the, and the inconsistency, just so painful, really painful. I'm sorry, Judy, get no, I was just going to comment, you know, Brian said that he really just wanted to be accepted for who he was exactly as he was. Yes. And even though it may not be gender, Brian, do you think a lot of people struggle with the same thing, wanting to be accepted for who they are exactly as they are? Oh, absolutely. I think I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're coming to a, a new consciousness around that idea that 
you know, you know, people ask me all the time, well, what would you say to kids or what would you say to parents? And, you know, like, I'm, like I'm some self-proclaimed expert on gender. And I, I say to them all the time, I say, just accept and love your children mm-hmm. and they'll be great at whatever they decide to do, whether they're gay, straight, trans, bi, you know, um, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, questioning, you know, there's so many letters in the, uh, in the, uh, the LGBTQ mm-hmm. uh, yeah. monogram now, it's, it's, it, it, it can be confusing for some people, but, but just, I find acceptance and love, the old, even the older I get, you know, serves me so much better than, you know, uh, trying to, you know, put my uh, opinions or my ideas onto people, you know, just judgments, judgment. That's the word I was looking for judgment. You know, it's, you know, if we just accepted each other and loved each other as individuals that are very different in many, many ways, racially, Mm -hmm. ethnically, culturally, um, you know, I think we would be much better off, you know, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a utopian idea, but I think that it's not impossible to. Definitely a beautiful thing for all of us to strive for. And Brian, one of the things that you said is we all have male and female traits. So can you explain to us what gender fluidity means? Well, that was really fascinating to me when I, I mean, I, I guess I was kind of, you know, when I, I retransitioned back to male in 1987. And at the time, I had a therapist that I was working with and I took a really deep dive into, uh, you know, trying to understand why I did the things that I did and like, what was female? and What did that mean to me? What did being male mean to me? I'd never given any weight or any consideration to any kind of that, you know, when you're making a decision like this about changing your identity, you want to you know, you want to try to have as much information and examine it in so many different possible, you know, situations. And I never had anyone do that with me. So it was really fascinating when I started to really look at my own idea of, and my own perception of like what was masculine, what was feminine to me, what did that mean to me? And I found a way, and this is, you know, maybe, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but I came to a really great place of acceptance around both aspects of my personality. I think, and that's what I meant when I wrote about like, you know, we both have both masculine and feminine. We great. And some people are more masculine and some people are more feminine. But for folks that are sort of in the, in the gender non-conforming um, lane or, or, you know, uh, choice, um, they're, you know, they're more fluid. They're much more comfortable with like, you know, um, which I kind of am too. I'm kind of in the middle on that. You know, I, I mean, I guess had I had to do it all over again, maybe I would just be a gender fluid person today, as opposed to like this new category that I came up with myself as a, a, a a cisgender gay male of trans experience. You know, <laughs> that's that's kind of my new, that's my new category. That I'm that's great. Up, you know. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of my generation, you know, we lost a lot of my generation to during the AIDS epidemic. And, you know, while my story is quite unique in many ways, um, I, I do know that there were a lot of men of my generation that struggled with this finding this, you know, balance of, you know, where they fit in along the spectrum of masculinity and femininity, femininity. You know, um, I, I think we would have a lot more stories about people's struggles with that. Um, oh, sure. Had we not lost a whole generation of, um, you know, gay men, mostly men uh, to, you know, to the AIDS epidemic. You know, so, one of, go ahead, Judy. I was going to say, Brian, so many of us struggle to find who we are at our core. And based on the amazing experiences that you have, do you have any recommendations or suggestions for people? Well, I, 
kind of thought you might be asking me that. I, I mean, I was when we were driving back from the ferry today. We were listening to um, a, um, a podcast. I don't know if it was a podcast or it was a, uh, a documentary uh, clip of um, Gabor Mate, who was a trauma trauma therapist, and you know, I think that until people are really able to delve into things in their past and their, you know, get to the root. You know, I've done a lot, obviously. I mean, I didn't just wake up one day yeah, and they're like, you know, like, oh God, I, I know what's going on. I did a lot of work around, like as Georgian mentioned, you know, the, the wound, the wounding, you know, the destruction of my, my childhood, the loss of my innocence, the, the loss of my family, the, the the physical, you know, trauma of of, of being a, a survivor of child abuse and sexual abuse, all that stuff. I would not be here today if I had not taken a very, uh, you know, hard, very difficult look at some of those core issues. So I think for for our audience or people that are listening, anyone struggling with that, I mean, you know, I would just encourage them to not be afraid to to look, to go to the dark place, you know, go to the place that hurts the most. Yes. And that's where you will find the most healing. Yes. And, uh, you know, really, and, 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 and George, and, you know, thank you for mentioning my, my, my master's in mental health counseling, because this is the kind of work that I've already started to do. I've started to already uh, work with some folks around sure. identity and trauma. So it's kind of the path that sort of, um, you know, the third act in my life that I'm sure. sort of going down. Yep. And the reason that, you know, I had said, you know, you're fabulous at it and will be great at it is because we have to do our own work. We have to have had done our own work, period. And I, you know, you, you know, talking about the importance of going into the pain and the wound People think that we think that if we don't do that, then we don't have to deal with what's there. But the reality is we go through life with it gripping onto our ankles, everything that hurts that we don't want to face, and we're just dragging it along in life. We are never, ever free of it. How do we know that? Because it gets acted out in our life especially in our most intimate relationships. So those of you listening, if you struggle with intimate relationships, know that there is a history of pain and um, deep upset that is not being dealt with within yourself. Because every poor relationship, just like every great relationship, wherever there's a wound where there's two people involved, there's always both involved in the relationship getting entangled in this wound. So we'll be right back with Brian Belovich, Judy Miller, and Dr. George Ann Dow. And this is a journey through into awareness. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? 
Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. back to a journey through with Brian Belovich tonight. And, um, you know, one of the things before um, uh, we go on, I just want to mention that it was so important for me to have you on the show also, because I know that there's a lot of folks that um, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? They kind of um, join together um inappropriate sex with homosexuality and that's not that's not a point at all inappropriate sex is inappropriate sex and that goes for anyone or anything if they choose to do that but um it has nothing to do with um homosexuality more so than anything else um you know Brian, and uh, hopefully you'll read this book. It's just incredible. I just, I'm really picky about the books I choose to spend my time with because I have so little of it, and this book just moves me. Um, he's so raw and honest about Brian. You're so raw and honest about the trauma and the depth of feelings. It is so well written. Um, you know the depth of feelings you had with all of it. It just really took my heart and breath away. It truly did. Um, and you were just always looking for love and acceptance, like we all are, mm. like we mm. all are, myself included. You know, I've had a long journey of psychoanalysis, many, many years. I'll always be in treatment. Everyone should be. The whole world should be. Because if we're not, we're running away from our shadow. Did you ever try to run away from your shadow? <laughs> Think about that for a minute. <laughs> so, so, Brian, just to follow with what Georgiana is saying, you know, we talked about, you know, the difficult childhood that you had, but you ultimately realized that your parents did love you, even yes. if they couldn't express it in the way that you needed. So I believe that so many parents just don't know how to show the love and acceptance Absolutely. of their children and Absolutely. to love them unconditionally. But it does not mean that the child is unlovable. That's right. That's true, but we always have to recognize that the child has their experience that needs to be worked through. Mm -hmm. It has to be worked through before the child, now adult, can realize that they were loved. And the parents are only passing along how they were treated. At what stage did you really connect with your mom and dad's love of you? It wasn't until really later in life. Yeah. Um, you when know, you did your work. Yeah. It wasn't until I found my own acceptance and peace within myself. Yeah. You know, that, um, you know, when you're broken and you have to sort of put, it's like a doll, like a rag doll being ripped apart. It's sort of like putting yourself back together piece by piece until you feel whole and, 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 and connected. So it wasn't until um, many years later, actually, in my 
in my 30s. Um, and I started doing this work and I started to look at um, my, what, you know, my part in things were and what, you know, what, uh, you know, what I had control of and what I didn't have control of. And, you know, changing the narrative of, you know, this, you know, from, from the victim perspective, as opposed to like, you know, I, I keep going back to this, 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 this documentary that we saw on the way home. You know, there's, there's, we can change the narrative. Uh, we, in the same way that, you know, we can change our clothes. You know, we can, we make, I, I, I decide how I want my life to be today. And it's not up to like anyone else to dictate or, you know, tell me how I should be living my life. And so for many years, you know, I felt, you know, that the abuse and the negative, you know, um, experiences, you know, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, the abandonment, you know, all of that stuff really, you know, like, I love that image that you gave Georgian of like, you know, having it like nipping at your heels. You know, you just, you know, you're just always trying to shake your ankle free of this sort of inner dialogue almost. Yes. Like, you it know, is. you're like unworthy. You're, I mean, it's something that I still struggle with. I won't, I won't uh, say that I'm like perfectly sure. free from, you know, those demons because I do feel like, you know, this is probably on another topic, but I do feel like a lot of that stuff is cellular. And I think that, yes you know, it doesn't, you know, once it's in your body, it's yes. in there. And, yes. you know, it, it really takes a strong, you know, mind and a strong, yes. um, you know, uh, attitude of how to react to it differently. Yes, very powerful what you're saying, Brian. And first, we have to become aware that the dialogue exists. We only live 10% consciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once we're aware that the dialogue exists, it will always be there. But what I'm hearing you say, and bravo to you, is that now you have an awareness that it exists. And so now when it's turned on by an outer experience that triggers it, Trigger, you yeah. can now decide, well, I'm not going to go there now. Mm -hmm. But you have a choice. Yeah. And, you know? and Jesus died to give us that. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I always have to bring something in about the Lord, but well, it's very spiritual what you're saying. You know, it's a, it's like a spiritual awakening. It's like it waking is. to the light. You know, you know, I I look back on my life now and I think, wow, had I had this awareness then, you know, maybe a decade earlier, or you know, like maybe twenty years earlier. I mean, I don't know. God knows what my life would be like. I mean, it's pretty good now, but yeah, I was gonna know, say. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's this it's an inner thing. It's not an outer thing. Like because I, yeah. I did the outer thing. That's right. I did like, OK, I'm going to be a gorgeous, sexy woman. And you were, honey. And everyone's <laughs> going to fall at my feet and give me everything I wanted. You know, I was married. I married a handsome soldier. I had an acting and a singing career. I was very successful up until a point. But all of that external stuff, it doesn't really, it doesn't really yeah. support you if you're feeling so awful. That's awful. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what health. it is. I'm sorry. And that's what it is for all of us that we prop ourselves up by the outer impression that we live in until we recognize that that's not the way. And that's the epiphany that God brings us to always. Always. Yeah. And, and then and we get to see the inner, actually, the actual true journey, which is inward. Go ahead, Judy. I'm sorry. And I was going to say inner it. Light, I, your inner light shines and you, you know, people, people respond to that. Mm -hmm. More than anything. And I was just going to comment on what both uh, both Brian and George Ann were saying. You know, I love one of the quotes that you have in the book towards the end. It says, you know, on more than one occasion, it looked like as, it looked like if you might not even make it to 30. But the simple truth of learning to live life one day at a time has been the greatest blessing for you. So when our perspective changes, that? our entire life changes. <laughs> yes. And it was beautifully said. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you 
and you live it. You do. You live it. I see you. Um, and again, you know, it's a journey. We're not arriving anywhere. No. Right? Whatever no. goes on in our Garden of Eden, any dysfunction is inside of us. It takes a lifetime to recognize it and and change. Uh, behavior is the last thing to change. Yes, absolutely. Awareness is the first that we have to come to always. And what I love also, since I'm quoting about the back of the book, yeah. you talk about faith. You talk about faith and knowing that you will always be taken care of in every moment. Yeah. So could you talk a little bit about that? I'll try to without, you know, um, getting emotional because it's very personal. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I was someone that always felt like I was never taken care of. Yeah. And so because you I, weren't, I, right? I, I wasn't, you weren't, you were not taken care of, not taken care of. No. And so I have faced a lot of cruelty in the world. Yes. And a lot of uh, unpleasant things that most people, well, people, everybody struggles with difficult. Things. But yours was really exceptional. And it really and I cried when I was reading yesterday, I cried. Yeah, and it was it was it was tough. And so at some point in my life when I learned to accept things um about myself and once I started to trust, learn how I had to really learn how to trust. And a lot of my faith comes from trusting that things are gonna work out for me. Um, even in spite of my worst day or my worst thinking you know and and i really have been blessed and I I, I I i i i feel so blessed that a that i'm alive <laughs> because you know i i'm a long-term survivor of hiv so i lived through the holocaust of aids i watched all my friends pass away i never knew what day whether I was going to make it another day myself, because I lived through the whole period where, um, you know, where there wasn't any medication, you know, there was nothing. It was like, you know, if you make it, you made it that day, good on you. And so through that kind of an experience, it enforced my trust in something. And I don't know what that something is. I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but what I do know is that I put my faith in, you know, the fact that I made it, you know, that I, 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 I survived, you know, I guess, I guess my faith comes from surviving. Yes. And, and as I was thriving, thriving in doing so, you know, yes. trying to make the best out of a really horrendous situation. And that's why I wrote the book in the first place, you know, yes. When, when I, I did a book tour in North Carolina, one of, the, my, one of the, my most memorable experiences of that time was having this kid who was like maybe 14 or 15 years old. This is too important to cut, have you cut in the middle. So we're going to take a quick break. I wish we didn't, but we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to continue this piece when we come back. It's so important. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back with Brian Belovich. So, Brian, um, please continue this story. So, yeah, so we were talking about... about uh, um, A little boy. little boy. Uh, well, I, I, I wasn't really sure of, of uh, their gender presentation when I met them, but um, I was at this uh, festival in, in North Carolina, and this... These parents, after I, I spoke, I spoke on writing uh, about sexuality and gender. That was the topic of the panel, and there, I couldn't really see people in the audience, but there was a pretty pretty good crowd that came out. And then after, when I was finished, I was you know meeting some of the people that were there, and these couple came up to me, the parents, and they were shaking my hand and thanking me so much and. Um, you know, uh, for for writing my book, and it was so important for them. And, you know, they sort of moved aside. And I saw this kid, like this 14-year-old kid, maybe 15 most, you know, just beaming, like so bright, like just like a beacon of light, just smiling and so thrilled that he, they, I don't know what gender pronouns, so I'll say they, uh, got to hear m- me talk about my book and he had the book and they, I signed the book for them and um, gave them a hug and thanked them and thanked the parents for thanking me profusely for, you know, writing this book. And um, they turned around and walked away. And my friend who was a, who was my host for the weekend she looked at me and I looked at her and we both burst into tears. We were just like, oh my God, that was so beautiful. So, you know, it's those kind of experiences that really, you know, I, I find faith in that. I find, Absolutely. I find love and I find faith and I find hope, yes. you know, in those types of experiences where people, where I can make some small contribution uh, to let people know or other people who are struggling with any of these issues that there are other people out there who can, yes, you know, understand. Yes. You're t- definitely so, touching. T- you're definitely touching thank, many lives. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, we all need a purpose and we're all healers here, you know, Touching, helping God do God's work here on this yeah. earth plane. It's just and and I, I, I felt like I, I went from a life that was pretty useless to a life that is very purposeful. And good. Love, I love helping others and I love being of service. And, um, so beautiful. I think yes. that's what I'm here to do. That is beautiful. That's why how I survive. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, I had a curiosity question for you. Sure. So in your opinion, how has society changed since you were younger? Is society more accepting of people that they view as different? Well, it's hard to, I mean, I, 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 I want to I say that I hope it is. You know, there's a lot of posturing and a lot of like, you know, presentation about you know, this, you know, you know, the wokeness of, of society now and the acceptance of diversity. But I think we still have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, uh, just look what we just went through in the last, you know, few years. You know, whenever we make progress, 
you know, I'm old enough to know a little bit about history. And, you know, whenever we make some progress, there's always somebody there to try to like, you know, push you back, you know, and, 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 and fall back into fear and to, um, you know, you know, just uh, awful, uh, unpleasant things in the world. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that we, I think we've made a lot of progress. Um, um, but I, I, I still believe there's, there's so much more that needs to be done. And, 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 and it starts in the home, you know? I, I mean, it starts with education and it starts with like awareness, like, you know, uh, having, you know, just my story being out there, people can say, okay, well, look at this guy, he did this and he went through that. And, you know, you know, maybe, maybe there's hope for me that I can, you know, we all struggle with so many different things. Um, and I, I remember feeling so alone in my own um, uh, struggles with my gender identity and conflicted and not really 100% committed to, you know, uh, being, you know, it, it, there was always a question. I always had a question about, is this the right thing for me? And that's an awful way to have to go through your life, you know, to try to like never quite feel comfortable in your own skin. And luckily, you know, that has shifted. Yes. Um, Brian, when you're brought up in a family that is always putting you down for everything you do, you know, I know you worked through that, but of course you would feel uncomfortable for a, a long period in your own skin. You know, as I was reading your book, I was thinking how God has loved you all the way through, all the angels God put in your path, all those women, I mean, that were older that just saw this little angel and just, you know, loved you and accepted you for whoever brought, I mean, all those people are, you know, that's all God's love uh, poured on you through those women doing exactly what you're doing now for people. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I don't question it. I, I accept it. And I think that beautiful, you know, I always say to people, pay attention to the signs and you'll never get lost. Yeah. <laughs> and as many times as I was lost, That's great. I somehow landed in the lap of love yeah. and the lap of guidance and there was always someone there like so many of my mentors have been these incredibly strong amazing women and uh you know so so you know I, I didn't start out that way but i ended up that way so there's a reason why yeah that yeah. happened and 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 you know and, and i think that's you know what it is i'm supposed to be doing now yeah. It's giving back that, you know, um, you know, what was, there's a saying like what's so freely given to you, you give back to others. You know, um, yes. Yeah. And Brian, do you sometimes feel that um, people in general go through struggles in life so they can grow and they can learn and then they can be of service based on the experiences that they've gone through? Well, I don't, I don't know how it is for anybody else i can only speak from my own experience but i know that that's been very helpful for me you know mm -hmm. i see i do see how that works in other people's lives um i have a friend who we've talked a little bit before we started this interview about who was 93 years old who has a terrible story i mean her both of her sons one of her sons committed suicide her other son died of an aneurysm at the age of 27 and working in, in Milan during Fashion Week. And she has had like this crazy, these crazy marriages. One of her husbands was like a, a murderer. And I mean, she just had all this trauma in her life. And what did she do? Did she become a bitter, angry, hateful person and, and resent every everyone else's happiness? No, she is the most generous, loving, positive person. She's always helping others. Every time you turn around, she's 93 years old. She works 20 hours a week helping the teachers in our school with the children 
sort of like I think of them as like kids like I was, like, you know, causing a commotion in the school and being ADD and out of control. Those are the kids that she sort of helps the teachers with. And she really changes their lives. Sure. Um, you know, by helping and working sure. with purpose and uh mm. back. Little extra care, yeah. touch on the shoulder, just a little loving. That makes such a big difference. Such a big difference. So we need to be, the hour goes so fast. We need to begin to end for tonight. Um, But Brian, what a blessing um, that you said, yes. So wonderful to have you here with us. Judy and I are just so grateful for it. Yeah, truly an amazing story. And thank you for being here with us. And sharing it. So happy to do it. Thank you both so much. That's so great. So would it be okay if we said a quick prayer before we end? Right? Yeah. So Lord God, loving God, you are certainly loving. You carry us through so many portions of our life without us even realizing. We sit in gratitude for our time together tonight. We sit in gratitude for all those listening, for Sam, for those that work the show behind the scenes. And we just always sit in gratitude that you teach us how to love, that you make gold out of our struggles, that we have learned to look at them as stepping stones, not stumbling blocks, and that you can continue to rise us up from anything that might be pulling us down. We walk in faith and we sit in gratitude. Mm. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful, George Ann. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for you. Brian, thank you. Thank you. And give my love to, to Jim, and I'll see you soon. Over the fence. Over the fence. We'll meet at the fence. <laughs> thank you. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week, Monday night, 7 o'clock. We hope to see you there. Good night. Good night. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc do you love or are you intrigued about new york city and its neighborhoods i'm jeff goodman host of rediscovering new york a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.